Canuck Central Monday. It's Dan Riccio and Bick Nazar here in the Kintech studio. Canuck Central is for Enzyme Pacific, Vancouver's premier Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep Superstore on 2nd Avenue between Canby and Maine or at EnzymePacificChrysler.ca. Uh, Bick Nazar in for Satyar Shaw today. He's pulling a Pedersen. Yeah. I'm not sure he wants to be here or not. Is, is he is he taking a maintenance day? I don't even know. <laughs> Sass probably doing something like really highbrow, like working on something. Yeah. Does Canberra even know? And I, <laughs> <laughs> Does Canberra know what Sat wants right now? Too soon? <laughs> Does Canberra know what Sat wants right now? Too soon? <laughs> Does upper management at Sportsnet 650 <laughs> know what Satyar Shah truly wants long term? <laughs> He's definitely driving around right now listening. He's like, these cowards. <laughs> he is just white knuckling the steering wheel in rush hour. He's like, I hate these guys so much. <laughs> the story hasn't changed. It's always been what it's been. Is Canuck Central winning enough? <laughs> you know, Sat does fall a lot walking around the building. <laughs> I just got a text from Sat. I do hate you, cowards. <laughs> Sat just like he gets at least one thing wrong oh, during a show. That's so that's his good. fatal flaw, right? So good. That's the equivalent to him falling. Yeah, that's like uh, Pedersen falling all over the ice. All right, we're being intellectually dishonest here. Yes, I guess so. We are. <laughs> uh, Sat is just uh, he's he's had the day off. Yeah. He's he's working on something. I know he is. Yeah, he's doing some things. It's Satyar Shah. He's always working on something. Um, he'll be back tomorrow, we expect. And until then, we get to discuss uh, just how great a win the Canucks had on Saturday over the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. I know it was the biggest story in the market today, Vic. Just how great of a comeback it was, the 3-2 win, overtime win, power play, mm-hmm. gets off the schneid and wins it. For the Vancouver Canucks, it was, OT. Gr- it was a yeah. great atmosphere at Rogers Arena. And that's anything. That's that's all anybody wanted to talk about today. Nothing else. Yeah, I, I I've you know <laughs> don't have anything else in the rear view or front view here. It's 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 all about the Boston game, right? Yes, uh, that's uh, according to what a lot of fans are saying as uh, today has continued to develop and the many many things happening. Uh, Mike and Willoughby, 650-650. Sat wants more hair and more height in the lineup. It's <laughs> well played. Well played. Um, okay. Uh, Mike, you know, I, I see you. That's a good joke. Um, okay, kidding aside. The discussion is all about Elias Patterson. Now, you could say it's because of what Elliot Friedman had to say on Saturday's headlines, reporting that teams are calling the Canucks and trying to figure out what exactly is the deal with Elias Pettersson's future with the Vancouver Canucks remains unsigned as a restricted free agent heading into the summer. And beyond that is a year away from unrestricted free agency. So it is a bit of a um, uncomfortable situation that the Canucks find themselves in with their star player. I think that's at least somewhat fair to say at this point, given all of the speculation. Now, I know that a lot of people are of the mindset that nothing's really changed with Elias Pettersson. 
end this whole negotiation. He said at the beginning of the year, I want to wait till the off season. He said it again a couple of weeks ago. I want to wait till the off season and on and on and on. And I do get that, but I do think that there is an obvious thing here that's there for all of us to see. And that is a contract has yet to be signed. Now, he says he wants to wait till the offseason, but even the most optimistic person would have to say that it at least is a little bit strange in the context of what happens in the National Hockey League, generally in the National Hockey League. It's not like this is a negotiation to be big because the Canucks have essentially laid down the red carpet for Pedersen to sign a new deal. You don't need to hear it from insiders to understand this. The front office has been on this show and basically said, yeah, like uh, we want to sign Elias Pedersen. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's short term or long term. We're 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 open to anything as as long as uh, Pedersen is happy. We're happy. It was pretty close, quote for quote there, what Jim Rutherford said in his last appearance here on Canuck Central. So I don't really see this as a negotiation. Canucks want to sign this player long term. Pedersen knows how much they like him as a player, yada, yada, yada. This is why it's pretty clear to me that Pedersen truly doesn't really know what he wants long term yet. Or, it's the other part of this, and there's no benefit to saying that you don't want to be a part of the Vancouver Canucks beyond this season to Elias Pettersson and his camp. The whole I don't want to be a distraction thing is just code for I don't want to answer questions about it right now, so please stop asking me about it. Because, you know, what would be a great way to stop this from being a distraction and make it go away? Sign a new contract. (laughs) That would make it a whole lot less uncomfortable is if you just signed a contract if you were comfortable with it. The only way you don't sign a contract is because you're not sure of what you want to do next. You do not know if you want to be a Vancouver Canuck long-term. And I don't see how there's really any other way that I can not assume that big. You look at the history of the league, these situations with top 10 centermen just do not play out. Austin Matthews, he said he wanted to be a Maple Leaf. They figured out the number. They made sure Austin Matthews was going to remain a Maple Leaf. William Nylander, yeah, There was a lot of speculation. He wasn't signed coming into the season. But what was William Nylander's thing? He was negotiating for a bigger number and a higher number, and he played really well, and he got it. So those two I really don't take into the equation. Guys in Ottawa, guys in Buffalo, they all signed their long-term deals when they got the money that they were comfortable with. It didn't matter the end. Like You look all across the league, and this is the case, unless you look at the ones that end up leaving. For the most part, they wait. Matthew Kachuk, he waited. Then he forced his way to a market that he wanted to play in. Pierre-Luc Dubois, he waited, forced his way into a market that he wanted to play in. John Tavares, John Tavares, all he did was say, I want to be a a, a New York Islander long-term. My future is only on Long Island. Then what did he do? He signed in his pajamas with the Maple Leafs. So I'm only left to believe, Bick, that there's one of two equations here. He just doesn't know what he wants yet, truly. And there's an honesty about that, or he knows what he wants. There's just no benefit to telling everybody what he wants just yet. So what do we, again, the, the, the whole spiel from the last 72 hours, what do we think Elias Pettersson wants? Like if, if you played it even from the, the beginning of the season to now, like whether it's on the record or we want to speculate about it, like what do we think Elias Pettersson wants? I have no idea. 
Okay, so baseline. I think it's one of those two baseline, things. Baseline, everybody. That's my best guess. Everybody is yes. speaking on things that we don't know about. And right. I'm not even saying let's not have the conversation because, hey, we're media. We're going to have the conversations, okay? But like baseline might be, we're, we're kind of speculating here. Yeah. But if we take it on winning, mm-hmm. okay, let's just say he wants to win. They're the best team in the league. What's what's not to, like, there's not really much to dispute right now. But I would They're the best go, team in the league. He's not even the most valuable player on the team. I would even go so far as saying, given what the context of what happened in this city, right? Yeah. Post-bubble. Okay. Yeah. Remember that summer? Yeah. A lot of players left. Yes. The Vancouver Canucks, as an organization in the playoff bubble. They felt like they were building something. They took and, a step. Right? And the, yeah. And if you're a player and your organization hits pause... You got a short career, by the way. Yeah. Right? You got 12 years at your peak. Your organization hit pause on the idea of competing, and the people you competed with exited the door. Yeah. That, to me, is like a lot of trust broken. Mm-hmm. So winning, getting back to that standard, was always important. Is 60 games enough to disprove the fact that, like, oh, we're ready to take that step? Like, how cheap, how cheap do you think the conviction of, I'm committed to winning, and I want the organization to be as committed as I am? Is 60 games enough for, to disprove you're like, oh, I'm ready to now commit? So what can happen, though, in the context of this season that can prove Pedersen otherwise? Well, A. Like that, that conversation can't really change unless there is, I guess, playoff success, ultimate playoff success. But, but like also, you're, you're, from, you from don't an organizational really, point of yeah. view, are you committed to winning? Yeah. Not Look, I think players understand, we compete, we're going to lose sometimes. That happens. Okay. So I don't know if it's it is even as as basic as like we have to get to the third round. Yeah. Otherwise I'm out. But nevertheless, the idea of committed, like they yeah. let players walk out of the door. Yeah. They they as an organization decided to s- stop competing basically. Yes. It was a, for a little stretch, but nevertheless, and results piled up poorly. Yes. You look at what they've done this year. So many improvements. Yes. Okay. Lindholm is even an upgrade, but it's not an addition. They upgraded on Kuzmenko. They upgraded this year's roster. We're talking about 10 games into this experiment. Yes. And already it's like, oh, they're missing a body in the top six. Still missing one. Yes. That's that, that to me is like, as an organization, are you fulfilling the demand to win yeah. to the best of your capacity? And we still have these conversations of they have to go do these transactions to really well, go stack I, up the lineup. What what is this front office done that would tell Pedersen otherwise? No, like no, all they've but, done has been the most but, active front office saying, in the league but it, to make sure they got better. Is it active at the high end or is it just active for the sake of being active? Right. How well, many active how, how at many, the high end? They're first in the league. How many No, no, transactions. How yeah. many active at the high end? It's like Hronik and Lindholm. Yes. And we're still talking about missing one other one. Well, the the well yeah. Right, like we're we're sitting here talking about they, they need that top was more of a sale than it was a winning a trade sort of thing. So okay, but that's removing assets from the organization yes. too. We're still talking about like he doesn't have true natural wingers with him. Okay, but nevertheless, like this is about winning. But he's not going to get that answer. Like that's my point here, Bic. Precisely. Why not, do you he, want even, the answer? even in the summer? Why does everyone want the answer today when we don't have the resolution for the answer? He's not going to get that answer even in the summer, though. Because no, the Canucks are going to want look. If they are going to want a real answer about Pedersen's future by the time the draft comes around, if they go make another big acquisition, right, and say, "Hey, we're we're recommitted to winning. We brought players in now. We are going to, with the intent to go to the playoffs to do as best as we can." Yeah. Let the results lie where they may, but we did everything in our power to commit to winning. I don't think they've proven that. 
It's a very successful season so far. Right. They're number one in the league. But if I'm committing years of my career for an organization that stopped competing at one point, I also want to see you extend every benefit to the players. Right. To recalibrate your organizational philosophy. Now, they are taking the steps. They still have to take more steps. If, if we're talking about winning, that's what I mean. Yeah. They're, they're still a couple of steps short. But can you do that? <sighs> okay. So, and th- now this is also assuming, like, this is what Pedersen wants. Yes. Well, he, he said, you know, he wants to play for, for a winning franchise. I mean, they're number one in the league. And, you know, again, he's not even the most valuable player on this team. So that should tell you you're in a pretty good spot mm-hmm. if, if for my assessment. Right. And they finally figured out how to put a team around these guys, even though they've they've, you know, struggled with that in, in recent years. Certainly the previous front office did. So I just don't think you can answer that question. Like Pedersen, his future is uncertain. Does that change the way you think about this upcoming deadline? Does that make you more aggressive at this upcoming deadline, not knowing if you're going to have this top 10 center in your lineup beyond this season? Does that make you want to be even more aggressive towards maybe dealing one of your top prospects or trading another first round pick to get something else in here? Like they just, they don't have assets. They don't have cap space to do much more than they already have. That, that, that to me is like conflating issues though. Like you should be aggressive, not just because Elias Pedersen's contract is up. You should be aggressive because you're the number one team in the league. Yeah, you should be doing that anyways. This idea that like we're mentioned, it's like oh, they probably need another top six winger. They should go solve that just for the sake of solving it. But they've already made so many additions to this roster in the course of this season, not just within the, the context of the trade deadline. I mean, they were they were first on Nikita Zadorov. They went out. And they made sure that they paid the extra value, used a fifth-round pick to get Sam Lafferty away from the Edmonton Oilers and whoever else was in on Sam Lafferty at the beginning of the year trying to get him out of Toronto. So they've proven this over and over again, how they are committed, but I think Pedersen's a smart enough guy to understand what is responsible aggression when it comes to the trade market around this time of year at the same time as... But does it match like, like the irresponsibility they because, had two years ago? But if he wants to sign long term, he has to assume that the team is going to be in a good position for a number of years mm-hmm. with him on the roster and within the picture. So that means beyond this season. That means not doing whatever you can just to win this season. It means, hey, our window is just opening. We want to be able to do this for the next three to five years with you on the roster as well. And that means not over committing on this first chance opportunity. Again, so some names that you mentioned there. Are, yeah. are, are some of those guys that you mentioned like truly swaying results? Like Lafferty and Zadorov? No. But they've helped this team get to where they are today. Yeah. I mean, look at the record are, are, since are, they, are they, they the traded driving, for Zadorov. Are they the driving forces? No, they're not. Star players, like top end players are the ones that do it. So like the, the only other option in, the, in this context, you're... Like the idea that I'm getting from the vibe you're sending right now, mm-hmm. let's go trade for Jake Cancel. Yeah, or Tyler Toffoli, whatever it is. Like, yeah. get, get back to the standard that like we we are leaving no stone unturned to okay. try to maximize the opportunity that is presented for the Canucks. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, for for people that are speculating, oh, we know what Pedersen wants. Okay, well, if it's winning, how far is the organization committed to go win? Yeah, 
And I think that I, I don't I think that's unanswered. So if it's unanswered, why would he sign? And what benefit it what benefit is it to him or his camp mm-hmm. to say, Oh, you know what, you've done enough. Why wouldn't you push it to the final moment? Like he 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 has no reason to like play his cards. And there's this demand of, oh, sign it now and solve the problem. You want the distraction to go away? Which, by the well, way, we'll get there to the, is a we'll, reason. The reason we'll get is, to the distraction just as for I mentioned, you can help your team out by getting pen to paper and figuring out, and he's and allowing them to properly plan the future with Elias Patterson in the fold. And he's allowed to maximize his leverage. That's the ecosystem that this lives in. He's, he's over maximized his he's, leverage at this point. Every I mean, day that goes by, over trying every to figure out when this guy's going to sign. No, every day that goes by, he gets more and more leverage every day his camp right now today is probably laughing their heads off at everything that's happened today right this is only strength in the position every day we get closer to the deadline every day we get closer to the end of the season every day we get closer to july 1st they are maximizing their leverage yeah he's clearly got the lead right now yeah as far as leverage why wouldn't you extend this all the way down i use like the arm wrestle theory if you're halfway down do you just stop there like i've I've won or do you slam the fist on the table (laughs) Well, the thing and about he's got this, every opportunity to slam the fist on the table, and why shouldn't you? Well, you say that we don't know what Pedersen wants. I do know one thing that Pedersen wants, and that's to not sign a deal yet. Because if you want to sign, you want to be a Vancouver Canuck, you put the pen to paper and you do it. You get the deal done. That's what everybody, that's what most star players have done. What do we talk about when a team is going through a rebuild? Well, why do you have to draft a center in the top five or do this, Do they get a defenseman? Because they don't become available in trade or free agency. The good ones don't, right? The only one that's happened recently, centerman, is Jack Eichel. The guy had a broken neck. And he was like, you know what? I don't like the way Buffalo dealed with me having a broken neck, so I want out. It's pretty extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. for a player to become available in trade. Not... Your everyday happenstance. Another recent one was John Tavares. And as I mentioned, Tavares played this card to a T. Yeah, I want to be with this team. Yeah, I'm not thinking about playing anywhere else. Yeah, I'm just in the moment. I don't want it to be a distraction. Next thing you know, he's signing with another team. So in that context, there's only the outcome of the player waits because they don't know whether or not they want to remain with this team. And I'm only led to go on that. And so I do wonder if you are the Canucks, like how much does that reflect what you want to do at the deadline? And for me, it's pretty telling that not only did Elliot Friedman sort of go a little bit more into detail Mm -hmm. about his Elias Pettersson intel, he also mentioned, do we have the clip here of Elliot on 32 Thoughts, the podcast of how the Canucks are continuing to prepare for the trade deadline and angling at possibilities that they could still get done before March 8th. Now, the other thing that I should mention here is I did hear something else about Vancouver that was interesting. I don't think Vancouver's out of anything out there. Like It's just the way Rutherford is, but I heard they're not interested in giving up everything they're going to have to give up for two rentals. And so I think if they, you know, just because they gave up what they did to get Lindholm, if they have to give up another package to get something good, I don't think it's going to be a rental unless they know they can sign that person. That's the other thing I heard about them. They're If they're going to have to do what it takes to do something not small, 
it's some it's someone that they want to keep. That's the other thing I heard about them. So that is Elliot Friedman on what the Canucks are looking at for the trade deadline. It speaks to uh, something we were just talking about. More the aggression. Due, the due diligence of being continuously aggressive for this season. And there's a lot of texts coming and be like, oh, do you not think Rutherford wants to go in all the time? Yeah, I'm very aware. But shouldn't the moves happen before you want to sign? Yeah. Like, if, if you're sitting there, like, prove to me you, you're willing to go all in. Prove to me mm-hmm. that this is a full measure effort. You got to do it first. Add another player of consequence that is not only going to help this team for this year, but also next year and maybe years beyond that. Whatever it is, right? If it's a rental, if it's a, someone that's here long term. Yeah. Extend like there's still holes on the roster. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know exactly what that player is. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people assume Chris Tanev whenever the Canucks are talked about mm-hmm. in, in trade rumors right now. And and I get it, but look, unless you're doing the whole Dennis Rodman in the last dance thing where you're moving like all these puzzle pieces around and getting all freaky with it, like what does Chris Tanev add to this team? Yeah, great right shot defenseman. Uh, he, he, he would add a he bit. would upgrade their defense. Yeah. But you know, I think you'd have to move out Zadorov in order to make Correct. that happen. So you're moving a lot of pieces in order to make that deal happen and then signing Kristanov to a two- or three-year extension, whatever that might look like, when you could probably just do that in the summer mm-hmm. and be okay with the defense you have right now. Uh, th- I keep looking at this team, and especially if you want to go with Miller, Patterson, and Lindholm all playing on separate lines for the remainder of the season and going into the playoffs – you need another forward. Like to make that happen and, and help these guys out driving their own lines through the middle of the ice, you need another forward that can go with them because, you know, because you, it's you not just, enough. You don't have enough. Because right it's now. not enough. Don't they have to go make another acquisition? They do. So, so what are we talking but about for here? This season, in the summer, you've got $36 million of cap space right now, mm-hmm. not including whatever Elias Pettersson mm-hmm. may or may not sign for. You, but you have flexibility to do something in the summer and add continuously. If the primary point is solving winning, yes. and we're sitting here saying that there's still holes in the roster, just linking it back to Pedersen. Yeah, there's holes on every roster, Bick. Hey. There's holes on Edmonton's roster. They don't have a goalie. We're, we're, we're talking about, are, are you proving to a player that you're committed to winning? LA Kings don't so, have a goalie. So, so yeah. Like, Vegas Golden Knights, they're down problem. all their top players, and they're still like minus... One those top teams, left winger. A lot of those teams don't have a guy that's pending RFA. Yeah. That's that's the scenario, right? The scenario that exists here. Like, I know other teams have holes, but the Canucks are in a, in a situation where they were in first place in the NHL. Yeah. And they've got to prove to a guy. If, if the main thing that he wants is winning, you've got to go all the way to prove to your winning. Now, term and money isn't the issue. So we've proven that. So... Probably not about that. Yeah. Is it winning or is it, do you want to be here or are you just not sure? Or are you just following your process? So I'm going to wait as long as I can. That's potentially what's happening here. I do know Pedersen hasn't signed yet and that leaves the door open to a lot of speculation. At the very I also, least. do we have time for this one or should we wait? Well, we do have uh, Don Taylor mm-hmm. getting ready to join the Pom Pom show. The distraction thing. Mm-hmm. It's a distraction. What are they distracted from? Like, the story is the distraction. Yes. But what are they, like, being pulled away from? Right. 
I, I, I just want someone to answer that for me. I've had a couple of people DM me because I got into this conversation as well back in December. Like, what are they being pulled away from? Well, I mean, it's impossible to know what inside the room. Like, no, of course. I, I would. I would say I would be surprised if there is a level of distraction inside the room. I, there's there's a level of understanding between players. Guys are going through their contract so negotiations cares? and everything else. Who cares if they're winning games? Who cares? The distraction is on Elias Pettersson. And when you're not playing your best hockey, as he hasn't been for the last number of weeks, then people are going to wonder, well, is the contract starting to get to him? The team is winning. Yes. Correct. Pedersen is not playing at his best right now. When they've traded out his 39 goal scorer winger who was struggling this year. Yeah. Ilya Mikheyev has struggled. Yeah. They're in, trying to integrate a new player. Yes. And Nils Hoaglander has bumped up the lineup. Yes. So like, there are other circumstances than just him like, oh, this guy's not good. And he hasn't been at his best. Like, I'm more than willing to admit that. Yeah. But the leap of logic to be like, oh, he's distracted because of the contract. He's not good. So, like, no player ever has gone through two bad weeks? Well, Lint, that's not, yeah. No, <laughs> he's gone right? through a couple bad weeks. Like, I, I people look, well, they just had a four-game losing streak. Yeah. Did they lose four games because Pedersen was distracted? By the way, three of those games they played really well in. Did they lose the four games because the team was distracted because of Pedersen's contract? I don't think or the did team they play? Is, for me, the team is not distracted. It could so, be on Pedersen. So then it's not a distraction. Yeah. It could be on Pedersen. He's not playing his best hockey. Okay, but there's a difference between uh, like but it's, it's not even just that like he's not scoring, he's only got two goals in February, whatever it might be. Like to me, what is been interesting about Pedersen's play lately is like his defensive mindset doesn't seem to be there like his defensive iq hasn't been as Mm -hmm. strong as i expect it to be turnovers at the offensive blue line like forcing things forcing plays that aren't really there like that's not elias petterson's game and that's what i wonder about like is the whole lack of a contract or still negotiation are you hearing the outside noise this is a player that has admitted outside noise has been something he's paid attention to far too often earlier in his career mm-hmm. is that happening again i mean again this this all just feeds into the speculation of the whole situation where you don't have an answer so you're just led to speculate it's schrodinger's negotiation yeah that's what this is we don't know what he wants um, we'll leave it at that. Don Taylor's going to join We're us. We've we got two hours here. Yeah, we still got lots more time and a lot of texts on this discussion as well. We'll get to it all. It's Dan Richo and Bick Nazar on Canuck Central. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Man, the takes on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox right now. Let's get to them all. Let's uh, get to them all. 650, 650. It is the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dan Riccio and Vic Nazar. We're here in the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Canuck Central is for Enzyme Pacific Vancouver's premier Chrysler Dodge Ram and Jeep Superstore on 2nd Avenue between Camby and Main or at Enzyme Pacific Chrysler dot ca what are uh, what are you reading there on the text inbox raymond new management have literally changed everything from Asford to the big club how much more do they need to do in a short yeah, span that's crazy that. it's a good take from raymond what about a practice rink 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. What about a top six winger? Like, there, there's basic stuff here that we're talking about. Yeah. There is like, I mean, we don't even have a, like any announcement of like the plans okay, for a practice. Like the top right six kit. winger thing, it's it's a bit harsh, Bick, because they have done a lot in a year to overturn this roster and put a lot of good pieces around Elias Patterson to allow them to be in the position they're in today. Could they still use another top line winger? Absolutely. They could still use another I mean, top all line. I'm winger. Asking is, Almost every other team in the league could use another top line winger. All I'm asking is why should yeah. someone put pen to paper on the assumption they're going to do another transaction? Why not prove it to me first? If yeah. they put, if they put a rookie producer with us, we would have some... Con- no, Cam does that all the time. We, we would have some <laughs> issues, right? We'd be like, uh, are we going to have a regular producer? Yeah. If, if, if they put a rookie host with you, you would say, this is going to be a bit odd. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not delusional for Elias Pettersson, who has like played with this assortment of wingers, to say, I kind of want someone to like play with me regularly. Yeah. That's not that's not like an unreasonable thing. And there's even text coming maybe like you can't cater everything to the opponent to, to one person. They should do it because it's good for the team. Yeah. It's a good thing okay, to yeah, have that, good players with good players. That I agree with. I can't dispute you too hard on that. Matthews has Marner, you know, Matt Barzal has uh, Bo Horvat. Uh there's good players get good players to play on their team. Another text here. Uh oh we we got, got Donnie. Donnie. Oh, we got Donnie. All right, we'll go. We'll back. Go back to the text box a little bit later. But let's bring in our next guest. He is uh, Don Taylor, Donnie and Dolly, ten to noon on Check TV. Thanks for this, Donnie. Welcome to the Welcome to the Pom Pom Show. Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, I've been hearing about it all day. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and that next text might be good. Might be better than me. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Hey, you said something. The other thing too, you got to remember, Pedersen also playing on the. Peterson also playing on the wing too, right? Let's not oh my that. goodness, I yes. forgot all about this. Yeah, let's change his position too. By the way, while we're at it, yeah, a yeah. guy who, by the way, yeah. is like up five percent in his faceoffs this year. Yeah, it's still at like forty nine. Yeah, but he's he's improved at faceoffs. He's he's having, let's change his position. He's Donnie. having one of his more subpar defensive seasons though, since coming yeah. into the league. Hey, by the way, the pom pom thing was directed at Halford and Brock. <laughs> I figured as much, but <laughs> I, mean, I got to stick up for my teammates, Donnie. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, how very rough. They're on their own island. They're pretty adonis. Come on, they could take it. Yeah. Uh, I know they could take it, um, but it's, <laughs> I mean, the, the the discussion around Patterson, the, the thing I, I sort of, um, I, you know, I, I know a lot of listeners, both to, 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 to Donnie and Dolly, and there's a lot of crossover between our listeners, I'm sure, yeah. but um, they, they feel like this is all media driven the conversation around Elias Pettersson and to which I say how often in the league does a top 10 center become available in trade it doesn't happen often the most recent example was Jack Eichel and even with a broken neck people were falling head over feet to try and trade for this player so it's just and and the discussion around it was through the roof and he played with the Buffalo Sabres not truly a marquee franchise in the National Hockey League, not a Canadian market by by any stretch of the imagination. So if a top 10 center is even close to being available in trade, everybody that's talking hockey is going to talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, you know, at least it's going to be okay. You know, one, one way or the other, whether he stays in Vancouver and makes $11, $12 million a year, 
or, or some somewhere else. He, he, he's going to be okay. It's the nature of the business. These guys are going to be okay. I, you know, I, I I can't stand it when people feel sorry for these guys. Everything's so tough, and yeah, people are talking about it. It's good for the business of hockey, like overall, big picture. Maybe it's not, you know, in all seriousness. Maybe it's not good for Elias Pettersson, but all this discussion, all this talk, I know the Canucks are on top of the world right now, but this is good for business. People care. People are pissed off. People are like, oh, they're happy that maybe they're letting him go. Whatever, there's emotion out there. People care. And I, they, and you know what? Like People are having these conversations. And to, you know, in, in all seriousness, again, with, with Jason Bruff, he made a good point today. This is stuff we talk about with our buddies. And so you talk about it on the air, and everybody freaks out. I, you know, I don't know. It, it's 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 human nature, you know. And and you're right, Jack Eichel in Buffalo. All the attention that got. What about when Joe Thornton got traded all those years ago? You talk about a top-notch setter. Yeah. Uh, you know, from Boston to San Jose, that nobody saw coming. It gets all sorts of attention. It's great. It's great for the business. Everybody's going to be okay. You know, I, I I don't know what it would do to the Canucks and them being first place overall, but. People are going to be okay, and it's it's good for the business of hockey. We care a lot, and that's why we talk about it. So the 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 thing that had to happen over the last seventy two hours, right? Yeah. I, I've said this before, time and time again. It's like, what's the update? And I sit here today, and and everything's blown up, and I, I just like to, to me the the update is other teams GMs are doing their job by calling that <laughs> like that to yeah. me is the the heart of the the update. And everyone wanted to freak out about it today, and I don't. I just do not understand why. Yeah, and, and Elliot went on the air on Saturday. It's not like Elliot Friedman makes this stuff up. Went on the air on on Saturday and said, you know, teams have been calling about Liz Pedersen. I am paraphrasing, and you're right. That's that's GMs doing their their, their job, and you know what? You guys have been around long enough. I've been around long enough. Where there's smoke, there's usually fire in this business. It's part of our job to to talk about that. It's part of our job as talk show hosts to speculate. If we don't, we, if we don't have mm-hmm. concrete facts, mm-hmm. we speculate. We talk about it like like fans would. I don't, I don't, I don't see you know what what you know what the big deal is uh, uh, about it. And it, things look. If I had to bet, I'd say he's probably going to stay. You know, it's not, it's not an easy move that, unless he really wants to go. But that, and then there's the other thing is we, I don't know what you guys tell me have you heard him ever say I do not want to leave here I love it. I love it here um, I'm not going anywhere I want to win I've never really uh, you know and again I could be wrong believe it or not I think on after hours last year he said something to that effect yeah I, I, somebody I, I, said that yeah yeah I, 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 you know I, what it's I, until this contract is vote. yeah until a contract <laughs> is signed though Donnie. <laughs> Until a contract is signed, it's just words. I've heard too many guys yeah. say, you know, I love this market. I want to play here. And the yeah. next thing you know, there's like John Tavares is the perfect example, right? He, he said over and over again, I love Long Island. I want to be an Islander forever. And then what did he do? He went and courted seven teams during free agency to see which team he was going to play for other than the New York Islanders. He signed for a team worth that was giving him less money than what the, the, the Islanders were offering him. So at the end of the day, they're, like, they're, they're just words until you put pen to paper. Well, here's another thing that's that's kind of new. Uh, that that's that's another chapter. It's not really news, but it, it, this plays to the emotions of the market. Is that they want a really big game, a real, I'd say, a significant game, and they want it in thrilling fashion on Saturday. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, people wake up this morning, and you got a lot of people saying, "Hey, what a great win!" By the way, they might be losing one of the best players. <laughs> so, I think that, that 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 there's a lot of people 
who uh, don't want to hear anything that because they've had it for 10 years. They've heard so much negative stuff. They're hearing that this morning and this afternoon when everybody thought it was going to be, you know, what, what parade route are they going to go down? And that, that wasn't the case this morning. The, the Pedersen story became bigger than the win on Saturday and the return of the green man and what a great night. But no, the media has decided to talk about, <laughs> to latch onto, onto Pedersen. So I mean, maybe that's what's fueling this more than anything is people want to hear positive things about a team that's in first place in the National Hockey League and how dare you rain on that parade. I think that's fueling a lot of it. So maybe that's what's, what's new more than anything is that I think people's expectations in terms of kind of conversation this morning was, was, was when they expected something positive versus something that could be deemed, deemed negative. So I think that's fueling a, a lot of this. And I, I get that. Yeah. People, people are, are, are passionate. They haven't had a lot of positivity over the last 10, 12 years. So uh, I, I get that. But, it, you know, when, when something gets ta- uh, talked about like that from a real credible source on Saturday night, I, I don't think it should be surprising that we're going we're gonna to talk about that. It's uh, it's a big win, and it sort of restored their stranglehold on the on the Pacific Division. So, I mean, there was a lot about about Saturday's win, um, yeah. but it's it's still <laughs> like this is uh, it's still all about Elias Pettersson because of what you mentioned. You know, there's a big report about it, and you know, for, from what we've seen uh, and from our listeners, and certainly you know, Bick has seen this in a lot of the post game shows they were doing during the the losing streak how the fan base or a section of the fan base has already turned on Elias Pettersson to a certain level, Donnie, because he hasn't been playing all that well these last couple of weeks and the team started to lose a little bit. His contract is unsigned. They're uncertain. It's almost like they're getting ready for the breakup. You know, I I wonder, like, did this happen with Beret before he left? Did people turn on Beret before he left? Because it feels like a lot of people are turning on Pettersson before even knowing whether or not he's leaving. There's a, there's a um, similarity between Elias Pettersson and Pavel Bure in that they, they both came across, and Bure has ended up being beloved in this market after, after everything was over, you know, after yeah. his career was over. People, people remember the good times, and certainly there was just those flashes of brilliance. Uh, from from him, and you, you remember the good times more than the bad times. But the similarity is this: is that when when you see, you know, Elias interviewed and Pavel as well, they oftentimes come across as aloof, and and and, they, and now whether that's fair or not is is another conversation. But they often come across uh, that way, and sometimes you know people would look into that and say, well, they don't really care about the market, and. And again, maybe that's unfair, but again, that's the way they come across. And, and, you know, again, I, I can't remember Elias saying, I absolutely love it. Here's the same with Pavel. I, I, you know, can't really remember him saying this is the greatest place on earth. Like a lot of athletes would, is this going to be my home after it's all over that, that sort of thing. So uh, I, I think you combine those things together and you look at those two players and that's where they might be similar is that as great as they are, you know, maybe the, the, the way they come across in interviews and in, in public situations, maybe that, that hurts them when it comes to situations like this where there's the possibility of them leaving town. And the, in the case of Pavel, he came right out and said that he, he, he wanted out. He didn't mince, mince any words. 
Um, that might have fit his personality a little bit more, but there, there was an aloofness with, with Pavel. And, and look, I always say with, with athletes, it, oftentimes they'll come across as cocky and aloof. And I always say this, is that if they, if they weren't that way, they wouldn't be as good as they are mm-hmm. as athletes. You have to have that ultra-confidence, in some cases, aloofness. But I think that's where, where they're, they're similar. But in the end, like I say, when it was all over, Pavel was, was beloved. and Maybe the same thing will happen with Elias Pettersson, whether he leaves or not. But shouldn't that be us learning from our mistakes, right? It's like, here's a player that now we embrace in Pavel Bure, holy, yeah. and his numbers in the rafters. Even someone like Luongo, like you went through this almost in real time and swung the opinion in real time. And... <laughs> The, yeah. the whole point of like getting star players is to back them. And every night, it even happened on Saturday after the Canucks won, minutes after the show. It's like this character assassination of Elias Patterson. And that's the bit I don't get. It's like we should be learning from these mistakes. I, I guess, you know, but <laughs> Luongo had the, the, the infamous contract sucks uh, comment, which, you know, yeah. in this case. But in the end, though, you're right. Everybody. Hey, he came back, Ring of Honor. Everybody, everybody absolutely loved him, and yeah, maybe it's like being your breakup with a girlfriend, or you know, whatever the case. You remember the good times more than the bad times. So, I haven't really experienced that myself ever, <laughs> but uh, a lot of people have. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 again, it's it's kind of strange because he hasn't. Yeah, he ha- like Burry came out and said he wanted to leave. Roberto Longo came out and said he wanted to leave. Pedersen hasn't said he wanted to leave. Precisely. There's just that, yeah. the, there's just that belief that he does because a contract hasn't been signed because he hasn't come out and said, I definitely want to stay here. There's that aloofness about him. There's, there's a lot there. He is being outperformed right now by a player making a relatively paltry, although people complain about the deal when it was first signed, $8 million a year. He wants 3 or $4 million. There's a lot there. I can see why people might complain, but he hasn't done what Luongo and Burray did, and that's he hasn't said, I want out of here yet. So I, I, I will give him that, but I, I understand why people, some people are upset because, you know, this thing just, it's dragging on and on and on, and it should be all about positivity right now, given the win on Saturday, given their place in the overall standings, and then you've got this with one of their star players. So I can understand why some people are pretty upset. Now, arguably, uh, the the thing that had more uh, juice worth squeezing on it was Elliot's report that the Canucks are still looking at possibilities for the trade deadline and mm-hmm. not totally opposed to making another big trade as long as it's for a player either with term or somebody that that they can re-sign. Uh, do you think Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin have a little bit more up their sleeve beyond Elias Lindholm? I, I got to think yes, given Jim Rutherford's history. That he's just not afraid to swing for the fences or to, or to, to make bold moves. He already has one with Elias uh, Lindholm. Um, you know, I don't know how many bullets he's got in the holster in terms of what he can give up asset. Wait, look, he can. You know, th- th- there's Vlander, there, there's Lakaramaki, there's Pitcols, and that and that might cause a riot. I, I'm not so sure, but I just wouldn't be surprised if he if he did something. Because hey, look, you know, teams go through four game losing streaks. They win a game on Saturday. They're back in first place overall. Is this going to happen again? And he's already got Lindholm, but I'm just wondering if he's thinking to himself, do I need some defensive depth? Do I need another top six forward? Rick Dollywall talked today about Gensel. He's still hearing that the Canucks are interested in the, I was going to say the former Penguin, but maybe soon-to-be former Penguin. So I just, I just wouldn't be surprised 
given the boss's history. Donnie, we uh, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks for this. You bet. Say hi to uh, Hoffman and Bruff. Yes. <laughs> the Pom Pop Show. We will. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a big cheer for him. <laughs> okay, lots of fun, guys. Yeah, thanks, Donnie. There he is. Uh, Don Taylor. Donnie and Dolly, 10 to noon on Czech TV, joining us uh, here on Canuck Central. Tones, Bure helped them get to a finals and is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Eddie uh, well, was a part of this argument in the pregame show. I, I'm sorry, Elias Pettersson's only 25 and hasn't had a full career just yet. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he can't go to the Hall of Fame yet, guys. No. He he definitely can't go to the Hall of Fame yet. Um, but, you know, you put up back-to-back 100-point seasons in the salary cap era. You're, you're in pretty good standing amongst, like, point getters <laughs> around the league, right? I, I know scoring's up the last couple of years, but still, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's still a damn impressive feat to get over 100 points, no matter what era you were in, except the 80s. There's been, I think, 36 <laughs> guys or 34 guys in the cap era yeah. that have put up 100-point uh, seasons. Yeah. And they essentially all go to the Stanley Cup. Yes. Yeah, the only guys that haven't done it are like Jason Robertson, McDavid, Dreisaitl, yeah. Nugent Hopkins. It's, it's like guys that are in the first start of their careers. But right. ba- basically, since you put, up, you put up 100 points at some point, you're going to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Or the Oilers. <laughs> I just said all the Oilers guys. That might change, though, because of how much scoring has increased – in the last couple of years, like uh, I think over ten guys put up mm-hmm. hundred plus points last season. So, some of them on the same team, though. So uh, some, yeah, off. three of them were on yeah. uh, on the Edmonton Oilers. Actually, um, it's you know th- this conversation, and I get it. People are all over the map in our text inbox. Some agreeing with you, some agreeing with me, some. Which ones are the ones that are agreeing with me? Saying uh, <laughs> there's not many. <laughs> Most of them are saying, what haven't the Canucks done to, to show Elias Pettersson that they are now a winner and that things have changed around here? And the other thing, too, is it's not just about like what Rutherford and Alvin have done. Yeah. It's it, like Elias Pettersson's- ownership has done. Yeah. Like, like Elias Pettersson's history with the Canucks doesn't just exist in the Rutherford era. No. So everything that happened before that is still relevant, too. Right. The- Following the bubble COVID year with the North Division when Markstrom, Tanev, Toffoli all left. Stetcher. And uh, where Tanev and Toffoli especially were essentially left on red by management because yeah. they didn't really have the go-ahead from up top to sign those contracts. Even though the Canucks could have done it. Could they have wanted to? But And again, like they've done plenty. I, like, I, I understand the people texting like, Rutherford, this is what he does. Like I get it. They've done plenty. I don't. It's think, okay to also just like wait for them to do more. I get the context of that one year, but I would say Canucks ownership has generally been a team that spends to the cap and says, "You've got the resources, dollar wise, mm-hmm. money wise, to go out and put a competitive team together." Maybe to a fault, they've said we want to have a competitive team in this market far too often, even when it wasn't necessarily realistic. Which has resulted in losing. Like decisions like Oliver Ekman Larson right. has led to losing. Yep. And if, a, if uh, it's about wins, like 60 games to me, is, if, if I was in Elias Pettersson's shoes, mm-hmm. this is all I'm saying. 60 games is not enough for me to change my mind. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, Brian Burke texting in, I'm free to drive him to the airport. Elias Pretterson, Brendan Morrison, all, all due respect to BMO. Mm-hmm. But I think Trent I'm t- I'm, <laughs> was it Trent Clatt? It was Trent Clatt. Uh, so there's yeah, the, yeah, yeah uh, it was Clatt. 
Brian Burke, there's a story too when uh, BMO uh, was going through arbitration, I think, where he was like, listen, <laughs> you want this money? I'll drive you to the airport myself. Um, all right. I might be getting that wrong. I might be paraphrasing Brian Burke too much if he wants to clarify. Good person to. That there was more than just uh, the Trent Clatt story. Yeah. He can call in anytime. <laughs> you don't just use a phrase like that once. Yes. Clearly. It's uh, Dan Richo, Bick Nazar. More on the Canucks, more on Elias Patterson, and one half of the Green Men joining us next on Canuck Central. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dunbar Lumber text message inbox is uh, on fuego. Feels like uh, hitting three in a row in NBA Jam. He's on fire! Except what was that? Oh, he's on fire? Yeah. That was not that great of a... It wasn't a good impression? No. Of, of NBA Jam? No. What would be better? I, I, I don't think you could do better. Boom shakalaka! <laughs> You're definitely not better. That was he's an ugly on shot. Fire! No? Your fire doesn't sound like fire. <laughs> That was my complaint. It not, never sounded like it in the game. Not the impression. The The impression's fine. Okay. But like the, it just didn't sound like fire. <laughs> sound like, yeah. Sound like Mike Breen going, BAM! He's on fire! Oh, that sounds like yeah. fire. <laughs> He's on fire! All right, it's been a long time since I played NBA Jam. You got me. <laughs> Count another one for Bick today. Uh, I don't know. According to the uh, response. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of minus one on Bix take. That's fine. That's fine. I, um, I I've been seeing it a lot for like three years, but uh, I, I've been cashing these W's. Yeah, it's uh, everybody's got an opinion about it, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm just asking someone to like prove the point of like all the the Pedersen discussion. Yeah. Uh, I know Chris and Duncan has loved the debates we've been having. Today. Everyone, t- to be fair, everyone's loved it. Um, so. To that effect, we do appreciate those texts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of this is everybody has an opinion on it, and it is the ultimate water cooler discussion, right? You go to work or you're uh, at the game with your boys and you're sitting around the water cooler, sitting around the lunch table, sitting around the poker table, and this is the con- th- this is the conversation you're having as you are in your social aspect. There is a lot of gray area here, which adds to the discussion points. And I can't get around the idea that there is no contract signed. To me, that to some level brings doubt into the whole equation. With money not necessarily being an issue with and and part of the the other 
discussion on this is like Pedersen hasn't even decided let's negotiate, mm-hmm. right? Like that that door hasn't even been opened yet. It's just like mm, I'm good. And and the other thing people keep texting in and be like, well, how come other RFAs have, haven't done this? They should have. <laughs> Like so, I, I understand, okay, but I, I, like, I understand it breaks the mold, right? Fans don't want their guy to be the blue blazer, though. But every RFA should have done probably this. a bad. We sit and me. talk about the other leagues. Sorry. Be like, oh, the the NBA does it. Yeah, the NBA guys like really maximize their leverage. They're really using their player power. Here's a guy using his player power. It's like, oh, well, other guys don't do it. So he's got to follow the mold. Yeah, of every single RFA that's done before. Everyone sits here and calls him an alien. And then he does something different. It's like, oh, I don't know. Look, some guys know. some guys have done it. But the ones that have done it, it's either because there's a hard negotiation going on. Mm-hmm. William Nylander holding out with the Maple Leafs, even not even on this most recent contract, his second contract. Um, or the other one being Matthew Kachuk, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Why didn't Pierre-Luc Dubois sign in Winnipeg? Well, his intention was never to sign another uh, an extension with the Winnipeg Jets. He did everything he could to just get as close to unrestricted free agency to the point where he could call his shot. He got a year out from unrestricted. Well, he even just, uh, didn't he take his QO the year before? I think he just, or he just signed yeah. like a one-year deal to get him closer to unrestricted free agency, or he went to arbitration. I can't remember the exact details, but Pierre-Luc Dubois made it very obvious that he wasn't going to stay long term with the Winnipeg Jets. It was uh, was it Arbright? It might have. It was something very particular yeah. where it didn't. Yeah, they did a one year deal last year, which essentially tells the team, mm-hmm. <laughs> "I'm not long for this place." <laughs> All right, I'm not long for it, and maybe that worked out in Winnipeg's favor in the end because I don't think Pierre Luc Dubois is worth all of the. Uh, consternation but even with Dubois like even before he left Columbus Mm -hmm. there was constant discussion of like he wants to be in this type of market he wants to be in this type of market but this is my whole point of the debate of like why are we talking about this because anytime a good centerman becomes available everybody talks about it correct even Pierre-Luc Dubois in Columbus or Winnipeg and this guy's proven time and time again he's a second line center that tries to turn that turns it on and off when he pleases and yet, people are still falling head over heels. Thank you to the person who corrected me for my earlier mistake, calling it head over feet. But well, your heels are attached. To people your feet. are still <laughs> people are still falling head over heels for this guy. So you can imagine if Elias Pettersson is even close to being available, potentially available, that people are going to be falling all over themselves in order to try and uh, see if they can have a chance at acquiring this player. That's my, that's my whole point about this. It's like, oh, it's it's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is a big deal. Mm. In the context of the NHL where star players rarely get moved, it's a massive deal. So, okay, with Dubois, uh, the, the, yes. the point being is... Sorry, we, I interrupted For, for years, we kind of knew where, like, the idea of where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. We don't really have that sense with Elias Pettersson. There's been some thought that he might want... Uh, California. The, the, the California life. Mm, yeah. It wasn't there's nothing, again, there's nothing concrete. It's mostly speculation. As, Nowhere like as overwhelming as yes. with Dubois. Yes. Okay. And the other part is like Dubois kind of quit like on the ice. We all remember the shift. Yeah. And people were and he's still. Now he's doing that in LA. <laughs> it's 
great. Yes. And people were still overwhelmingly yeah. like, oh, let's go sign and trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. Teams were like willing to do it. And I think we always get consumed by answering the question for the positive result of like, does Elias Patterson want to be here? And is he going to sign here? You should answer the question for the negative result too of him going out, mm-hmm. him getting traded. Do you think Elias Pettersson like needs to prove himself to ask for a trade? No. So why wouldn't he have done it last summer? Because he's too far away from unrestricted free agency. But if 31 GMs knew Elias Pettersson wanted out, do you think that matters? Um, like Cutter Gauthier can demand a trade. Yeah. But there's no incentive for the Canucks to move on from Pedersen last summer. There's plenty of incentive for Elias Pedersen to cause up a storm. Yeah, but there's nothing forcing the Canucks' hands to do it right away. A petulant player in a season where you have to go make the playoffs? Yeah, but you is can... plenty of incentive. You can hold on to that player. And that player can, like, cause a big You're stink. playing. Well, you, you might not make the playoffs. Yeah, but you... there's... But Pedersen can't be like, oh, I'm not going to try or anything like that. Like, he's still got a massive contract that he wants to play for. Yeah, and he's again. Do you think he needs to prove to teams to not get the massive contract? Well, if you want to get twelve, thirteen million dollars, like top five in the league money, then yeah, you do. Uh, I'm like I'm pretty <laughs> back sure back hundred point if, seasons if, if puts some, you in if, that category, not back to back. But last point summer, seasons, if he yeah. wanted out and someone traded for him, do you don't think he's going to get twelve million dollars? Yeah, I just don't think the Canucks would say, "All right, we're trading you right now." Or we're keeping you for as long as we can, and then we'll move you. I, I think he absolutely could have kicked himself. Uh, out of this team if you really want. Like, why put yourself through the summer of, like, the scrutiny? Yeah. And actually, like, I know everyone's texting me, like, oh, he's not having a good season. Like, at least person's having a good season. Like, calm down, okay? Like, why put yourself through the scrutiny of being in Vancouver for a year if you really wanted it out? Why put yourself through the arduous training to go put up for another 100-point season if you want it out? And and you could have just asked for it last... Because summer. your best leverage point is this summer. His leverage is the talent, though. Yeah. He would have... But his if, best if, leverage point is this summer, a year out from unrestricted. Teams would have... And I know we get caught up to times, yes. too, of like, oh, is he going to go and everything. I just want to be clear. If this results... Like, I'm not saying I know what Elias Patterson wants. If this results in, like, eventually him end up being traded, the Canucks are going to get handsomely rewarded, and there's a way to work your way out of it. Yep. Okay? Value could be astronomical. Yeah. So I'm not like advocating for the trade, but I think the reward still would have been there in the summer for them to maximize that opportunity. It's Dan Riccio and Bick Nazar. We now go to the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning hotline and welcome in Adam Forsyth, one half of the Green Men. And uh, Forsyth, I do have a bit of a uh, a bit of a theory that we were workshopping. Uh, the, right. the Canucks wanted to bring the Green Men back uh, as a way to sway Elias Pettersson to signing a new contract. <laughs> I'm, I can confirm that, actually. Yeah, that is that is absolutely true. Yeah. That was you the know, exact said, discussion you know, we had, yes. Yeah, four games, uh, four losses in a row. Pedersen's struggling a little bit. Uh, contract talk's not going well. Bring back two dudes wearing green spandex. <laughs> it checks out for me. It sounds like a, sounds like a great plan. Uh, all seriousness, though, the uh, the return was unbelievable. Like, you guys, I haven't heard Rogers Arena like that. Well, in the entire time I've been in Vancouver. So the last six years, I haven't heard Rogers Arena like the way that it was when the Green Men showed up on, on Saturday night. It was pretty epic. 
Oh, thanks, fellas. No, like you guys have, have known me and, and know the green man stuff for a long time, and uh, I do not get nervous throwing on the green suit. It's been eight years since I went to a Canuck game, and I was so nervous. They had the curtains, and they pulled them back, and I just ran out there, and my mouth was so dry. <laughs> and then the eruption of the Rogers Arena crowd, uh, it was perfect. And, I mean, it felt like it was scripted with JVR taking that penalty. We had already planned to come out during the first TV timeout, and then he happened to take the penalty, and it just, it was like a bomb went off. Um, we had requested the Stone Cold Steve Austin music, and I was so happy that worked out. And, yeah, it just checked every box. It was so perfect. Yeah, I was going to say that, that that moment of getting to the box. I imagine you guys had, like, a routine plan, coming down the steps, getting to your seats, and then there's JVR. How much does that throw a, a wrench in the uh, a whole plan? It, it kind of did. We were going to take our time and kind of, you know, do our high fives up the stairs. And if you watch the video, I think Sully was kind of milking it a little bit, and I just wanted to get down to the box. So I did, like, full sprint mode. And I got there first, and, I mean, I can't really see much out of the suit, but I've seen all the TV replays. And to, to see that JVR was cracking a smile and a grin, just that is what, like, that's an A-plus effort from the green man. If you can get the player in the box to uh, smile, because you know he's in trouble when he gets back to the bench. Uh, so, yeah, the, the whole timing of it all completely worked out. Um, Al Murdoch doing the voice of God for us and voicing us up in his return to the Canucks and Rogers Arena. Um, like, it couldn't have been better. I mean, we could have had a lot more penalties and a lot more goals throughout the game. They were stressing me out. We had so many props planned, and then we had to just burn them all in overtime. But, I mean, that was an epic comeback win. Yeah, the uh, the odds of the Bruins taking so few penalties was uh, quite small, I think. Um, but I guess the way the, the whistle has gone for the Canucks in the last couple of weeks, maybe not, not, uh, not too surprising. Um, so... So what, what brought it all back? Uh, I mean, after all these years and the idea of the green men coming back, uh, what, what, was the, uh, what was the ultimate decision as to, to why you guys showed up for the Bruins on Saturday? We hadn't been to a game since 2015, and, you know, it's well documented. The Canucks were struggling, and I've seen, so, uh, like, very few negative uh, tweets. But I have seen a few, like, oh, it's because they're bandwagoners and they're back because the Canucks are good. No, I kept going to Canuck games. I just... I wanted to be able to see the games. I didn't want to wear a green spandex suit and watch the Canucks lose 5-1. So now that they're like back in the playoff hunt, we had talked about it over the years, and the Canucks had repeatedly been asking us, like, we would love to have you guys back. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of like, we're, we're moved on a little bit with our lives. Sully now lives in Saskatoon, works on Monday to Friday. He has two little girls, and he's married. Um, I'm married. I'm expecting my first kid in June. And when we started the Green Men, we were both in our early 20s and single. So this is kind of like a culmination of like, Let's show our families one more epic good time. Uh, my wife went to school in Utah from like 2011 to 2015, so she never even saw the Green Man. She didn't really get what it was. So I wanted to show her, and uh, yeah, based on her reaction, she was thoroughly confused. <laughs> is there like an evolution here then? Uh, is is what was Saturday part like closure, or is it we want to see what happens thereafter? It was kind of a, a mix of both. I mean, we, we told the Canucks when they had asked us a couple times, we said, if you're willing to fly Sully in, we're not looking to get paid. We, we never got paid by the Canucks ever. We just said, if you want to fly Sully in, because flights are expensive, and he's a family man, and maybe put him up in a hotel, we will probably show up. But we kind of want to, like, we want to script the beats. We want to pick a game, and we pick the Boston game, 4 o'clock, Hockey Night in Canada. There'll be a lot of eyeballs on it. It's a huge rivalry. Um, and then we also wanted like the stone cold music and, and the intro and the first TV timeout and, and all just hit perfectly. I, I do have a gripe with one of your sports net colleagues though, guys. Uh -oh. I don't know if you've, I haven't, I haven't shared this with anybody yet, but about, uh, before the game, the Canucks asked us to come down and like film some hype videos. Uh, so we're kind of standing by the box. There's no one in the arena and 
I guess, Sportsnet shares a raw feed with the Canucks cameras. Yes. And someone in Toronto saw it on the feed. And so we got a text from Kevin Bieksa, and he says, hey, boys, are you back at the Canuck game tonight? And this is about 3.15. And we had to lie. And we're like, no, we're just doing some promo videos. He's like, ah, I don't know about that. And then sure enough, Hockey Bank Canada, him and Ron McLean are discussing it about 10 minutes before puck dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they aired a clip, um, like, yeah, 10 minutes before puck drop. And I was like, oh, Green Man. And yeah, yeah word kind of got out. So it, it was supposed yeah, to be the- like silent reveal, right? Yeah, yo, totally. It was supposed to be the big explosion to like reveal and all that stuff. And I'm just happy because like they could have really exposed us because at one point we had the hoods off as we were kind of in between takes of oh, what no. we were filming. <laughs> and that would have been BX's like ultimate revenge on us, I think. So <laughs> at least they didn't do that. Uh, a couple of people texting in, uh, Chris and Duncan. You guys had different greens on. Is is is, yeah. is that? Uh, they want to so, know. Did you order from Fanatics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that was a lot of uh, fanatics comments. I mean, like I said, I was I was 21 when I started this. I'm 35 now. I got a bad knee. I need knee replacement. Like, okay, I'm not in the best of shape, but I'm not like. The problem is, Sully's 140 pounds soaking wet, and he's like had a six pack from the day he was born. So standing next to him, it's it's a bad look for me. I know that. I'm well aware of that. But I don't need it pointed out by BX and Ron McLean on national television. Um, but yeah, it, it, we had a lot of fun with it, and those suits are actually like the original suits we've always worn. Um, it's just been a long time since we threw them on. Uh, is there uh, a possibility of it happening again? Is it all up in the air? Uh, playoffs, maybe? Yeah, honestly, this is one hundred percent the truth. We haven't decided. Uh, we in, fully intended for it to be a one-time thing, much like when we went to the our first game in two thousand nine. Uh, but the reception we got from the fans and the overwhelming feedback on social media over the last 48 hours has like, kind of tempted us a bit. And the Canucks immediately after the game said, like, if you guys want back for the playoffs, like, we'll, we have to make it happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. They, they specifically said the Stanley Cup final would be the best. But like I said, my wife is due with our first baby in June. And uh, her going into labor versus me wearing a green suit is like a tricky proposition <laughs> to broach with a, a nine-month pregnant woman. So it's a little scary. Uh, congratulations on that, uh, on that, by the way, that's amazing. Thank um, you. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it was incredible on Saturday and you know what? I think, uh, the, the feeling of the Canucks being good again <laughs> and the green men being there for that and Canucks winning that game puts them back into first place. You couldn't have written a better storyline, but I think in general, and, and you'd probably agree with this, uh, it's just nice to have Rogers Arena enjoying good hockey again for the first time in a decade plus. Yeah, I think that was part of why we kind of wanted to come back. Is um, I mean, we it's well documented, right? The Canucks are, are a stubborn organization. Like They yeah. had so much success that they kind of got caught up in their ways for a few years, and their in-game presentation, frankly, suffered a little bit. And uh, Sully and I have both been very vocal. Like We're the biggest fans, but we're, we kind of called them out for their in-game stuff. And coming back as a fan not in the suit this season, watching the games and the new scoreboard, they have completely revamped things, and it's refreshing. So talking to some of the new people behind the scenes, it gave us like a real shot in the arm and confidence that, like, okay, if we were to come back, it's going to be done right. And, I mean, like you said, the, the scripting of it couldn't have gone better. Uh, if the Canucks lose that game 2 nothing, and there's only one penalty, uh, it's a very different conversation today, and there's no one talking to the Green Men. But the fact that there's the too many men penalty in overtime – Trent Frederick has to come over while we throw waffles at him. Uh, it was it was a storybook finish. Yeah, it was uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, final thing I wanted to ask: Why the Stone Cold Steve Austin music? 
Uh, honestly, we wanted the wrestling uh, kind of entrance. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah what better music is there? That was perfect. <laughs> you guys couldn't have chosen a better song. It really was perfect. Terrible yeah. question, Reach. All all the way through, Sully and I. I'm kind of the more laid back, just kind of go with the flow. Let's have some fun. And Sully, we make fun of him. We call him the Green Man Diva. Even like he's like, oh, I don't know. I want a, a medium jersey. And like, and then he changes. Like, no, I want a small. Like it's just all this stuff. <laughs> and so we said from the beginning, we're like, we want Stone Cold. About an hour before the game, they're like, we think the John Cena music works better. And I just was like, let's go with the flow of it. Fine, Sully. Like, it's okay. And Sully would full deep. He's like, no, it's Stone Cold or Bust. And it worked <laughs> perfectly. And I don't think if it was the John Cena music, it would have been as good. Uh, I uh, 100% agree with that. Uh, Force, uh, great talking, great catching up. Again, congratulations on, on the one to come. And uh, hopefully we're talking again soon. Excellent. Hope you guys are both well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, there is uh, Adam Forsyth, one half of the Green Men. It really couldn't have been a more perfect entrance than that, how they pulled it off on Saturday. It, it, it took a minute, yeah, to to like realize, yeah. Oh, JVR's right there, <laughs> right? Because like you, you're swept up in the excitement. There yeah. they are. The camera goes on them. They're at the top of the uh, gate. They're coming down. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Like crowd's hype. And then just like the gaze looked over, like, oh, JVR's right there. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna go. And JVR like trying not to laugh. Yeah, was. So good. He was really, yeah. Like he felt like uh, Jimmy Fallon in an old SNL skit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Who just could never keep character. Yeah. Because you knew he wanted to look. Yes. He wanted to just go, just take a quick peek left, and just say like, "There they are." But he was like performing normalcy. It's like, <laughs> what do I normally do when I sit in the penalty box? I don't usually look at the seats, do I? Yeah. Do I? I usually just look at the bench. And what am I doing right now? There's just two guys forward. dancing here. Don't look. Don't even like look at the corner of your eye. Just look yeah. forward. <laughs> and just like the, the sly little grin coming across yeah. his face is like this. Uh, Daniel and Campbell, what's more revealing, the green men's suits or the MLB's new pants? <laughs> Uh, it was it was quite the return for the green men. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got a lot of texts. We'll continue to get to some of them because we haven't been able to answer all of the Elias Pettersson responses from today's discussion. So we'll get to some of those and some things happening around the National Hockey League. It is Canuck Central on Sportsnet 650.